0: Hello and welcome back to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation podcast with Brant Pasilakwa, founder of the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation School. In this podcast, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive into the show.
1: This week, we are looking at the Vishnu Maya Kosha. The vision of kosha is the wisdom body or the intuition body is a nice way to phrase it it's the next layer down from the mono which we've just um been working with and the mono right is the conscious thinking so another way to think about the vision maya kosha is that it's the unconscious mind um, now the unconscious mind is an incredibly uh, part of our overall balance because really um All the unconscious thoughts um, and knots in our life affect uh, our conscious mind and how we act. So until we balance the unconscious mind, um, we're going to have issues in our lives, even if we've kind of worked on the conscious mind and um, gotten to the roots of things in terms of of, uh, intellectual or psychological knowledge. Uh, we might still have some stuff in the unconscious mind that needs to be looked at. When we balance this kosha, we're removing another barrier um, so that we can really see the truth of who we are. And, you know, uh, the word for truth in Sanskrit is satya. It's it's an interesting word because it really means, you know, the truth as in the eternal, unchanging truth. So there are many relative truths, but as we start to balance, deeply balance this kosha, um, we're able to receive information that is more uh, of a permanent nature in terms of truth. The other way to look at it is that this kosha is um, the place where sort of the conscious mind and the unconscious mind uh, fuse. That's sort of what feels to us like the spiritual Right and the sort of uh, regular world. So as we get into this kosha and we get this kosha balanced, um, what starts to happen, even though they're never really truly separate, is we start to feel like um, one possibility in any way would be that we feel like our spiritual life, right, and our uh, intellectual life and our mundane life, you might put it, right, become one. So that would be a sign that this kosha is balanced. So as you can see, that would be highly appealing if you are a seeker. The main practices for balancing vision of are what um, are traditionally considered meditation. So Patanjali reminds us in the Yoga Sutras, and he has a whole slew of sutras uh, in uh, the first chapter, 132 through 139, if you're a sutra person. And it's it's a whole list of uh, ways one can meditate. specifically like different possibilities of meditation Um, and then the last one is um, any uh, meditation uh, that's in harmony with your religious heritage so I just want to put that in there because if you have a uh, deep strong meditation practice that you feel is really benefiting you then that is always good to do and you can replace this whole lesson with sort of digging deeper in that and I would say that would probably work for you but if you're kind of going along with the course um, what we're going to work with uh, this week is, is a few different meditations. So I thought it'd be good just to talk for just one minute on what meditation actually is. And uh, in the Yoga Sutras, um, there's an equation, dhyana, um leading into samadhi. And, you know, that's usually looked at as focusing on an object, and then having that object in you be fused together. So if you're doing a breath-based meditation, for instance, you know, you're watching your breath move in and out, and then you sort of um, don't really know where you and your breath would be separate. And then the third stage of that is sort of that all rolling together. So like really the whole essence of the process is clear to you. So you're watching your breath, but now you've sort of what would feel like gone beyond that, even though you're still watching your breath, right? You are sort of one with the whole experience and deeper insights. And this is where the vision of maya kosha comes through, can come up. That's one possibility. So the the first stage of any kind of meditative experience is just paying attention to something. And then the second stage is like feeling more connected to it, like you and that are, are, are one and grooving. And then uh, if in, in Buddhism, that would be probably referred to as tranquility meditation. And so if you get there, you will feel very sort of calm and centered. And really, that does a lot towards balance. So that would be sort of one goal you might have. And then the next goal would be for that sort of concentration to fuse so much that it is uh, opening up your vision of maya kosha and the entire uh, possibilities of your mind's potential are now uh, available to you. And uh, if that's happening, it's called samyama, which is sort of like all these things working together. And then the final possibility, I mean there are many possibilities, but the final general possibility is something called Samadhi in yoga. And Samadhi is really a gift. Um, and you could think of it as a gift you've given to you by nature or God or um, your true self, however you want to look at that. And that's an experience where you go beyond all of this and um, you get a big shift in perception. So when you look at the vision of maya kosha, a samadhi experience would um, sort of permanently give you like an opening into your vision of maya kosha. So um, it wouldn't be an opening that would give you access to the entire thing at all times. It's more just like another little uh, creek opening of the door is the way I'd look at it. And uh, as you have more and more of those experiences, you get more and more access. So you know you could look at all this as like a linear path, like I just showed it to you. But just like the other koshas, I think it's more useful to think about as balance. So um, we're doing practices that are meditational. And as this kosha gets balanced, we are more likely like to have that samyama experience, to have access to that kosha. And maybe if we're lucky, samadhi kinds of experiences that you can't produce yourself, um, they just come to you. So that's just a little sort of inspiration of like why one might want to meditate and why m- one might want to um, be balancing this kosha. And I hope you can see that um, without balancing this kosha, what you might experience is your physical body's okay, you got your breath moving, Um, you've done some stuff to like sort of uh, get those that conscious mind together but then there's these like recurring patterns and no matter what you do they just keep happening they just keep happening or you don't have access to certain like information about yourself you're not you're not playing the game of life right with full information so uh, as we balance this kosha right and it opens it up to us and now we are able to receive all the information we need, not just the information from the body, breath, and mind. So we're going to look at a few different meditations this uh, week, and um, I just wanted to kind of go over what it might be like for going going back to our doshic model, like vata, pitta, and kapha, um, what it might be like to be unbalanced in each. So with vata, you might be able to hear your intuition and uh, you know what to do, but you get distracted or you have a lot of difficulty making a plan, right, to figure out what to do. Um, and the other way you could be experiencing a vata imbalance is that you hear the voices from your vision of Maya kosha, right? But um, the voices kind of all seem equal, like you're getting information, but you're not really able to suss through it because you're a little imbalanced. and It's not coming clearly. So that's what a vata imbalance would look like. And that, in the end, creates anxiety and or confusion. And then we have a pitta version of events, which is um, maybe you're kind of uh, obsessed with a particular line of reasoning. You're unable to stop and widen your perspective. So even though the mind's working really well, you can't widen it. And um, what you really need is to soften and hear your inner voice, right? That inner voice is your Maya Kosha. Um, but you're not able to, right? And um, that makes it so maybe you can't, like, enjoy your life as much as you'd like to, right? Because you're not able to sort of play and work off that inner voice. You sort of keep going down a path that's not informed by that. So that's what pitta would look like versus vata. And then finally, kapha, um, if you're really kapha imbalanced, in your vision of Maya Kosha, right? You, you you can't hear your inner voice at all. And you're guided by past events, um, and you're not getting like present, intuitive intuition, information might be getting it from the past. When you're like this, it's like really hard to like be yourself, right? Because you're not getting proper information and deep down you know it. So um, often, you know, I, I think of it sometimes if you have this experience where you're uh, in public and you sort of, um, the way you present yourself in public is very different than your private life. Um, that would indicate like a kapha imbalance. So what we're going to work on is um, three different, what I've offered here is three different meditations. Now, there's a lot of ways to meditate um, and if you're interested you know, in learning about meditation, you can always email us. We have some other things uh, that we offer for that. But in this course, what I did is, is I gave you three meditations and we're going to break it down into vata-pitta-kapha. And your goal, just like with the pranayamas, is to uh, play with them a little bit. You could um, just say, wow, I'm really coffee imbalanced, I'm just going to do that coffee meditation. That would be fine if you've really honed into it. If you're not sure, what I suggest is you try each one and then um, sort of decide which one seems most beneficial to you and just stick with that. So that's sort of the the homework, right? Try each one and then stick with one and work with that for a while. and before we get to the uh, meditations themselves the the final thing i wanted to say was that you know pranayama and then pranayama is a great prep it's 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 the sort of yogic superpower a great prep for meditation so you can do these separately just like the pranayama you can do them together you could do asana pranayama and then meditation you could also do pranayama in that meditation but i would definitely suggest getting some like pre-practice and just you know to try it because you might find that meditating is way easier when you do that and that might be in real time but that might also be you know if you're uh if you practice asana in the morning and some breathing practices at work and then you meditate when you get home that might work for you too And I'm going to pre-answer a question I know somebody's going to have, which is like, well, can I just do yoga nidra instead? And the answer is, yes, you can. It is not as balancing to the vision of Maya Kosha. Yoga nidra, the one I presented, is kind of like a um, shotgun approach to all the koshas. So it will help. So if these don't suit you, just do the yoga nidra. So the first one is a breath meditation. And many uh, traditions use breath-based meditations. And basically, it's a vehicle to move your attention from outside, you know, because the breath is coming from the outside in, and it's a metaphor and also a physical vehicle to move your attention inward. Um, the goal is actually to observe your breath moving in and out on its own. So, um, as you do the meditation, it's not the idea is not to take deeper breaths. Um, you might start that way, but you don't have to stay that way the whole time. So that's something novices, uh, some somebody, uh, sometimes people do um now this breath is for vata and pitta imbalances so if you're feeling like vata or pitta is the main issue for you then you're going to try this breath meditation and see how it goes so i would suggest that um you know i think it's it's a very simple meditation. That's its power. It also doesn't have any dogma attached to it. There's no Sanskrit words. There's no thought of God. There's no. You know, what I mean, it's just straight up watching yourself. So if that appeals to you, um, then I, then I go in this direction. And again, that's for Vāta and Pitta. The next breath, uh, that's a possibility, is a meditation on our thoughts. And so, for most of us. Um, thoughts just seem like an integrated part of our existence and um, unexamined it would seem that our thoughts direct our actions but really um, if we sit and observe our thoughts we start to notice how random and how many of them there really are and, and we're actually just sort of picking and choosing the thoughts we use uh, to take action with so um, if you just leave them alone you notice your thoughts arising and falling on their own. So um, this meditation right has us doing that. So it's different than the breath because we're not following the breath; we're following uh, mental patterns, which is the thoughts. This this meditation is really best for vata imbalances. Again, the rising and falling of the thoughts. You get used to that without sort of reacting and being distracted to them. Um, it also really helps kapha because. Um, Kapha, even though it seems like everything's stagnated, often there's just like a plethora of thoughts. So, this meditation, the watching of the thoughts, is for vata and kapha. So, the watching of the breath, right, was for vata and pitta, and this one is for vata and kapha. And then we have um, the final one, which is japa, which is for pitta and kapha. So, this is the only one that's um, not quite as good for vata imbalance, which we all have. So, sometimes you need to combine things um so just a few words i mean i could say a real lot about japa and um in the live sessions i will say more but what uh what i offered here is 108 om Nama shivayas now for those of you who are kind of used to this kind of thing you're like that's great i am shiva i am um, that which is always the same and which is the deepest part of all of ourselves you know That's kind of what it means. And 108 is a spiritually significant number and that's why that's there. Now, when you repeat a mantra, you know, you can do it with mala beads. And if you have mala beads and you like the mantra thing, I'm wearing mala beads on my neck, then you can just repeat it as you go. I've recorded a version um, where I'm doing it out loud to help you so you can kind of get used to the idea. This could be done sitting, this could be done walking, right? This could be done lying down. You can do it any way you like. The mantra itself has power. So the mantra itself is reprogramming you, giving you more access to Vishnu Mayakosha is one way to look at it. So if that appeals to you, you might really like this. Um, and again, it's good for Pitta and Kapha. Um, I gave you the doshic implications. But if you really feel like one's super appealing and moving you deeper into your vision of maya kosha, just go with that. Don't be too judgmental or uh, discriminative in that way about, oh, I'm vata imbalanced, I better do it that, this way. It's just to give you direction. Because there is the possibility, right, that um, you're doing a vata balancing asana practice and maybe a vata and pitta balancing um, pranayama practice and then you're doing a kapha balancing meditation practice and that just feels right to you. So our goal is to balance the koshas and elevate ourselves. And if you feel like that is happening, right, you are doing the right things. Uh, Enjoy um, balancing your maya Kosha. Om Shanti, Om Peace.
0: Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Please subscribe, rate and review our show and help us share yoga therapy with more people around the world. If you think this episode will help someone you know, feel free to share it with them. If you love yoga therapy and meditation, you can follow us over on Instagram at breathing deeply yoga, where we share anything and everything to help you advance your understanding of yoga therapy and meditation. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com. See you in the next episode.